river kingdoms are a constantly shifting group of city-states, kingdoms and fiefdoms, rising and falling through the machinations of would-be conquerors, wars, assassinations, games of politics, and dangerous monsters. South of Brevoy sits the Stolen Lands. Stolen from what and when are a matter of some debate. Currently overrun by bandits and monsters. Brevoy seeks to aid in the establishment of new kingdoms, buffer states, run by anyone strong enough and clever enough to carve a kingdom out of the savage wilderness. Caelan Thorne, the mercenary who would be king, believes he is that man. Herein lies his tale of wilderness exploration, monsters, politics, romantic entanglements, ancient gods, and war. Heavy indeed is the head that wears the crown. Sugarfueled Gamers, in association with RPGMP3.com, present Kingmaker, a Paizo Adventure Path. A word to our listeners. This game is often interrupted. Whenever this happens, you'll hear our editor's tone to let you know when a segment of recording has been removed until we resume gaming. Episode 130. Totally remember where we got up to and everything. Candle me a sun. Thank you. That's a thing. So, the we had a kingdom turn. We um, talked about, we organised a peace festival and Christopher Rossi got weirded out because the fake queen routinely consults me on these things. Um, the glass is growing and it's still creepy, but I get the sense that I haven't reached the time of the plot where I'm supposed to be doing stuff about it. Um, oh, um, something that was a bit like Oberon was killed in the Temple of the Elk, or something. Quite right. And we don't really know what was going on with that. And then Candlemere sunk or something. And that was, I think Candlemere sinking was where we got up to. Because I don't think I've done anything about that one. People just came in and told me Candlemere sunk. Yeah. That's right. You were telling me it was the gradations of how bad it is, whether they wake me in the night, and this was the, they don't wake me in the night, but they tell me before I've had breakfast. Yes. So when last we left our hero, you had settled Iravetti's grave and buried him. Um, You had had a report from one of the Centaur Scouts, the glass is growing more rapidly. Um... And particularly in that hex in um, Fort Rayleigh. Yep. Um, a block fell off the Temple of the Elk and left a shadow or sort of a crushed Oberonic figure. figure. And then you have been woken up to tell you that Candlemere has sunk. Yep. No, no, he ambushed me like it was about to come down and have breakfast. Yep. Candlemere has sunk. Okay, so I'm going to, you know, go and find out what people mean by sunk, sunk. And so, at this point, we'll discover what's actually happened, which will involve you giving me a stability check. Okay. How well built is your kingdom to handle this sort of thing? How well built is my kingdom to handle random evil islands sinking? What a good question. That's right, so next month is the Peace Festival. Safe Harbour Festival is what we're calling it. Yep. Alright, and, um... Apparently, this kind of thing happens all the time. I make my stability check. Okay. So, I imagine that 
Because there isn't anything much that Kaylin is personally going to do about it at this stage. Yeah, because, like, the island is gone, am I right? The, the the island has sunk below the lake it sits in? Yeah, I'll somewhat shorthand yeah. this to, to give you an overview, as a, because it's not happening in front of Kaylin's Yeah, yeah, eyes. yeah. There, there's not, it does seem like once it's, once it's on a geographic level, there's a limit that even a mighty adventuring king can do about it. So last night, um, the watch in Lakeview was quite alarmed to hear an immense rumbling sound from out on the lake. Um, and what they saw was Candlemere, which has like a sort of tower sticking out of the ground that's been bricked over thoroughly. Um, and then all the bottom bits have been bricked over to seal it. Uh, what happened was the tower fell with a crack like there was an earthquake. And then the whole island sunk into the lake with an enormous... <laughs> And at that point, there have been tidal waves because a large landmass has just been displaced. Yeah. And that's what that stability check is telling you. So yeah. what Kaylin is doing here is probably in process of going out to Lakeview, getting a bunch of reports and then going out to Lakeview to have a dose. Yeah. Um, the reports say that the island itself sunk. It is not that Campbellmere Tower broke or there was an earthquake or anything. It's like the whole island got pulled into the lake. Whether or not it's at the bottom of the lake is uh, an excellent question. Mm. Nobody's yet investigated that. Um, there were tidal waves going out that have struck Lakeview and Merkvale. They have done some damage, but you're not talking about massive tsunamis here. You're talking about unusually, impressively high swells. Yeah. So the damage is not significant enough to be a mechanically recorded killing event. It's merely... Those three buildings near the lake shore have been in, have been damaged, and this one's been wrecked. I'm going to have to rebuild this section of wall. Yeah, kind of thing. Um, and that Campbellmere is just gone, and everybody reports strange dreams that was asleep during this, but nobody seems to be able to come more significantly close than strange. Nobody remembers anything. They, they don't have any clear visions or anything. Um, last time you dealt with it, the priests of Desna had um, some clear ideas that yeah. involved Mab and that sort of thing. Yeah. Desna, rather. Um, here you just get people like, yeah, I, I dreamt about something strange last night. Or what was it? Ah. Uh... No, it's, it's, it's gone. But it was it was weird. Mm. It's just, more, they more recall waking up with a sensation of weird and unusual dreams, mm. not actually traumatic ones, mm. just strange. Mm. And that's uh, that's what's there. Okay. So I think I'd be inclined to take Tristram out and go to where Candlemere was yep. and have a bit of a look at the lake, yep. see what's going on, see if it poses any ongoing threat to the kingdom. So, let us get out a map so that we can all be on the same page here. Yeah, because I've got, I've got a big circle of claimed hexes around Candlemere, and then I've never claimed that hex. So, Candlemere Tower was on an island in Candlemere Lake. Yep. Um, and... When you row out, you basically get in your boat yeah. and row out there. Actually, as I think about it, I won't take Tristram. I'll take um, Switlana. Yep. Because Tristram's, Tristram and I have... I was thinking of him because he's the Fae expert, but Tristram and I have huge Candlemere issues, 
and I'm, it's, um, just potentially going to upset him. Michaela's the one you took there. Yeah, the last time, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, yeah, no, I'll take Michaela again. I'm not sure what Tristan's, what are Tristan's huge camel near issues? Um, he's really upset that I didn't make it. Oh, you ruined the archaeology. And now it's sunk forever, so, you know, but if they've been able to go in and, you know, establish it, you know, probably we'd all, yeah. all be speaking out of yeah. dark Ian, but the, he, that's not how he sees it. The only suggestion I have of any compelling significance is um, if you're prepared to wait a day, uh, actually you probably don't need to wait a day for it because Michaela will get word of this as well. Um, she can prepare water breathing if you want to physically dive to the bottom of the lake and see what's happening there. I do indeed. Where, and she has dark, she has a wand of dark vision. Where the other guys cannot, although yeah. they can fairly trivially um, cast a scroll of water breathing. Yeah, no, that's fine. Michaela and I will go out there and we can use our water breathing and dark vision on Kaelin's freedom of movement ring. Okay, so you and Michaela... Get in your expandable Corwin boat. Yep, good old expandable Corwin boat. And row out there. And uh, based on the reports that you've had of this periodically, is lights at Candlemere are still a very periodic thing. The Will of the Wisps that were there, but not frequent. Um, none were seen last night, but that doesn't mean a lot because they often aren't there anymore now that nothing spooky mm. is happening so much at Camelmere. Um, when you hit out there, though, the last time you were here, because you've been here two or three times yeah. after the fact, there was still that, that eerie feeling about it, like someone watching your eyes prickling on the back of your neck, the feeling of just something wrong with the place. And this time you get in the lake, and you row the boat out, and you don't feel that at all. And when you come closer to where the area was, and I think you and Michaela have yeah, sufficient survival that you can just do this at this point, you can go, okay, so, alright, well, we're in about the right place here, I make it several hundred metres, several hundred metres offshore in both directions. We should be right over the shoreline of the island now. And she looks down to the water and can't see anything. It certainly hasn't sunk a couple of hundred metres. Um, strange. It felt... wrong here the last time we were here. Aye. Still that feeling like when we had those dreams... And it doesn't now. It we might be we might be anywhere. We might be in um we might be in Lake Silverstep or um Lakeview, just in a regular ordinary lake. Can you roll me a survival check? <laughs> Apparently not. I right, just crit fumbled. Yeah. Okay, was on a whopping seven. So. Well, oh, actually, I I get a nine. I've got quite a bit of survival. So, it is quiet here, and almost deadly still. The only disturbance in the water is when the oars of your boat dip in and out. 
other than that, there is just nothing to see on the surface here, and you draw no conclusions from that based on the survival check. Okay. Alright. So, I think it's time to um, hop in and have a swim round. So, um, I will be in my leather armor because I am sailing a boat over a lake. Yeah. If Michaela isn't in her leather armor, now is the time to get into her leather armor. Well, I mean... Oh no, she's got a chain shirt. To be honest, um, it depends what you're planning on doing. Like, God, actually, there's a certain amount of logic that says you just cast water breathing gear, your full plate, and just sink straight to the bottom. Yeah. How's she planning to get up again? Well, take the full plate off. Ah, under the water? Yeah. But I actually think the simplest solution will probably be she slips into her chain shirt on the shore. Yeah. And then as she gets out of the boat, she will just basically reach around and pull out the tower shield. Because yeah. she's never going to go without that. If she I can know. Help it. And it's a 40-pound weight. So yeah. she's going to sink straight to the bottom with something she can fairly easily put away. Yeah. Sounds as we know, right. once you put it in your backpack, it suddenly that's stops weighing everything. everything. Yeah, that's how backpacks work. And in a way, I feel like all backpacks in this universe are Hewley's Handy Haversacks. It's just some of them are more explicitly Hewley's Handy Haversacks. It's fair. But I, no, I, 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 like, you know, I think, you know, because you can carry a set of plate mail in your backpack if you want to, and I wouldn't fancy trying that in the real world. I'm not gonna I've got, like, 14 weapons in mine. I'm pretty confident that Michaela actually has um, uh, a Handy Haversack anyway. Yeah, so there we go. She casts water breathing, and she says, "This should hold us for uh, quite a, quite a significant amount more hours than we actually want to be down." Because at, at this stage, it's it's holding you for something like over twenty four. Uh, it, no, it's about twelve hours a piece because she's splitting it between two people. Unless we get captured by some sort of evil ward creature that fancies keeping us for a long time and can't break out in the next day, we ought to be fine. And frankly, I'd break, back us to break out in the next day, so it's all good. Alright, and you bundle over the side of the basically drop anchor, bundle over the side of the boat, yep. and sink. Yep. Good, 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 good. Eventually, you touch the bottom of the lake. Lake Campbell is pretty deep. You are, well, as such things go, but you were going a good couple of kilometres down. Yeah. Um, to the point where the surface just disappears altogether, and it is your dark vision that you can see down here. Yeah. And you sink, and you hit the bottom. Now, you are pretty confident you are in the right place, yeah. and can indeed walk for several minutes around to ensure this, but there is no tower down here, and there is no island down here. It is not sunk to the bottom of the lake. It just appears to be... It sunk, because people physically saw the tower go into the water, yeah. but it sunk below the bottom of the lake. So, Kayla is actually going to spend some time poking at and examining the lake bottom. Yep. I am specifically looking for uncanny ice or uncanny glass yep. to see if either of those things are here, because this is not the first time I've experienced... Or unusually abundant jungly plant life. Uh, the three um, yep. weird fey disappearance things that come to mind. Yep. And uh, you may give me 
Um, survival would be a better check to make for this, but I would also buy architecture and engineering, because you're looking at, like, where would something the size of an island go, what damage would that do to the foundations of the lake, etc., etc., etc. Well, I am a ton better at that one, sure. so I'll do that one for the, um, and take the penalty on it's not quite as relevant. That's a 29. You're just run, you're running at a higher DC, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but, but I can make the higher DC yes. more easily, so... Okay, so Kaelin sort of remembers the shape of the island and goes, okay, so you walk around here-ish, you know, it would be this big, and Kanawir was not an enormous island, you can just walk around, because you've got effectively endless amounts of time underwater. Do you want to just shut that door? Look out over the magnificent vista of the view. I'm like, under the lake, under Lake Candlemere, which is quiet, and it is just eerily damned quiet down here. <laughs> there is no sound to be heard, save you and Michaela occasionally talking in watery voices. And you poke around, you sort of pace the outside of the island, and go down and crawl around and shift sand around, and that sort of thing. And you do indeed find some impact marks in what is basically a thick layer of mud and silt at the bottom of this lake. And it looks like impact marks of something the size of the island, with a little piece poking outside where the tower has fallen over sideways. Yeah. And has gone bang. And Caelan indeed at this point just kind of starts digging with his hands to see where the foundations have gone, etc, etc, etc. And what you see here is there are marks in the silt, where it has been pulled, and you see seaweed that's been torn away, and that sort of thing. And what you think has happened is the whole island, tower and all, there's been an earthquake under it, which has cracked the foundation of this lake. The island, the tower, and the chunk of lake itself have been sucked into the bottom of the lake, into a crack in the earth. The lake is probably half a meter... Um, Shallower yeah. than it was, which is not a particularly big issue. Yeah, yeah. Um, but a bunch of water has gone down there as well, and it's physically gone into the ground, and then that seal is... And then what you find in that area is you dig into the ground, and you go a good metre or two deep. So you've really dug it up, jamming your arms down, and you hear it. Clink, clink, brush silt aside. There is a layer of that glass down here again. Ah, yep. But it damn sure wasn't here when the island went down, because you don't think the island went through it. You think the island has been sucked into the ground. And then the glass is And then the glass is sealed over the top of it. The island, Camelbear Island, is probably still under there. Yeah. Buried now in miles of soil. Yeah. Uh, and this glass is in the exact shape and size of the island, a flat plane, as far as you can see, with a little chunk of tower sticking outside. Yep. So Kaelin will establish this, spend a little bit more time looking on it, and then tap Michaela in motion upwards, and I think we're going to... That's that's what I wanted to know. Yep. Uh, The other thing you get from that, which you will spot with that check, is... The glass is not a flat plane, like a sealed plug. 
it is bending slightly at the edges, like it is a dome covering the islands now under the water. Yeah. Now under the soil, rather. Yeah. So there's a glass, you're at the top, you're basically standing on top of a glass dome that's yeah. underground. Yeah. That presumably goes down and you would guess seals off at the bottom, yeah. possibly, possibly not, whatever. And yes, indeed. And up goes Michaela with you. Yep. We climb back onto the boat. Just, uh, you know, r- ring out. 40 pound towel shield away and up she floats. Yep, r- ring various items of clothing out. So it's the same glass. Alright. And yet it's clearly more than just glass. We haven't been able to break it yet. And it's not only taken the island away, it's taken... It's not only taken the island, it's taken the... The trouble, the, the sensation away with it. Well, it's the first um, thing whatever's doing this glass thing is done that I actually like. I have no quarrel with them having off with Candlemere. But... It's a great power, whatever's doing this. Like the la- like the lady in Caitlin Taps' amulet. Aye. But not one that we know or can talk to. Not one that seems interested in talking to us. I... I, did, I don't like it. I certainly have no significant issue with Candlemere Island disappearing. Uh, but certainly from my personal point of view, the sooner it's gone from this world, the better. Oh, you and I are as one on that point for the same reasons. Tristan will undoubtedly be upset. But the uh, I just effectively destroyed it before now. It's no more lost to archaeological study than it was before from practical... Well, perhaps a little more, but only a little. And after what happened when I let the mum explore Vorticais too, my um have even less qualms about um, not letting them explore Candlemere. There's no denying I shouldn't have made Miska the exception to that, but we all know where I went wrong there. Yet, so as I say, I'm, I'm untroubled by the outcome, but I am troubled by this happening under our noses from an unknown force. Aye, I mean, it's the precedent. Yeah, I mean, we've... Um, Candlemere is technically within our borders, but we've no special use for it. We, uh, we've deliberately not claimed this land. But... What if next time it was Merkvale? Because they're right next door, and Caleb will point in the direction of Merkvale, which is literally the next takes over. Quite. We're, we may not have claimed any of those areas with, with the glass growing in them, but we claim all the surrounding lands. I think if you were to ask the average man on the street, they would certainly be that land apart of Stagthorn. I feel like... It's something to do with why they call it the Stolen Lands. You think something is stealing it back again? Well, the the land is gone. I don't know where the glass fits into this, but it's that the land is gone. It's... I don't know what it means. Nor do I, but... I think it is time 
that we started taking this seriously, although I'm not sure what we can do about it at this stage. I would uh, suggest we assign some scouts to periodically dive on Candlemere and check if this glass too is growing. They'll have to do some careful measurements to do it underwater, maybe assign a cleric to them so they can go down and stay down. But I put my money on it will be, fast or slow, when it turns up, growing is what it seems to do. Or perhaps, uh, certainly we could at least measure the water depth from the banks at various tide time. If there's not much of a tide here, that shouldn't change overly. That would tell us if anything else is happening below. Like if the lake drops another half a metre overnight, then the water has gone somewhere. Yeah. I, I think um, we'll, um, we won't go near the place. Canny, canny as opposed to uncanny. Finding that glass, I'm no happier about it than I was before. We'll stay out, but we'll put some scouts on to watching it, and I think that's all we can do for the moment. Tr- I'll, I'll pass this on to Tristram, but he didn't have any particular bright ideas. I mean, he may do a lot of reading, but he's not the fount of all knowledge. This is, I think, a bit beyond our ken at the moment, but I can't say I'm happy with the revelation that whatever it is can sink islands. But at least for the moment, it's only Candlemere. Yes, I would suggest that we look to the rest of our borders, see if any of this is happening anywhere else in Stagthorn's borders, or indeed outside of it. Aye. I'll have messages sent with, I'll have messages sent with Svetlana with some of our diplomatic contacts. I at least, um, Mavoy's inclined to listen to us, and we've no longer got any idiots like Dre live on our borders to won't pay attention. Okay. And you can indeed uh, go do that thing. Yeah. At which point reports come back to you. Yeah. Um, so, Michaela suggests, like, you you basically um, put a quiet word out through your spy master, the old Beldam, yeah. you know, if you see glass, weird glass anywhere in the kingdom, we want to know about it. Yeah, or, or landmarks disappearing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That one you'll probably get word of anyway. Yeah. Where's Fort Dre live? <laughs> it was right here. Yeah. Right where we parked it. Yeah. Um, and what you find back is um, Tristan looks at these places and goes, well, there's a there's a fake connection here of some yeah. kind. You know, let's look at various other pla- places. Um, Vordecai's tomb. What, is, what little remains of it. Yeah. There was basically a frozen chunk in the lake. Yeah. Um, that then got overgrown with jungle. Yeah. Um, when you basically send scouts out into that jungle with shovels, they will find where Vordecai's island was. The same thing has happened there. Very right. little has actually disappeared. Yeah. From that area, but glass is growing under where Vordecai's island was. Yeah. Um, and in the same fashion again, growing down into a dome under the ground. Yeah. Um, Tristan also suggests looking at the Lonely Barrow, where you've got Gatekeeper from. Yeah. Nothing has happened there. Yeah. There is no glass anywhere to be found around that area. Which is a pretty clear distinction, because that's a fey, that was a fey ruin. Yeah. Whereas the other two are temples to the other dark. I mean, covering them over with occult glass is not actually something I have a problem with per se. If that same glass wasn't spreading in a bunch of places elsewhere, it wouldn't bother me. Yeah, but like he's looking at some of the, the outer dark places and the old fey places yeah. and that, so it's not growing there and it's not growing in um, White Rose Abbey. Yeah, which is good to know because I won't go back there and 
see what the deal is with that. And it's, like, this is fairly simple to determine because you just yeah. send people out with instructions, go to this area, sort of dig down four or five meters in the ground, come back and find anything, and the scout's like, of course, your majesty, yeah. like, we're getting paid, just do the bizarre thing the king tells us. Yeah. Cool. So I will let the council know about this. I yep. don't think that needs to be a scene. Yeah. I basically express that I think it's a threat to the kingdom, but I'm blown if I can see how. Yeah. And unless anyone has any brilliant ideas, we pretty much leave it there. Yeah. Something I... weird and uncanny is clearly going on, but it's pretty weird and uncanny. I think the the only thing that I can think of as the GM that's in your pants that you haven't utilized is divination spells. Yeah. Of which Tristan has legend laws and of course you can um, request communions and that sort of thing. Yeah. But that's about it. Um, yeah. From what I can think of, nobody's got any amazing um, um Oh, the other thing is, um, I would like to ask Titania. By all means. So, um, when we get back and have actually had the, and have had the council session, because I don't think this is something she's going to know about, but I will at least ask her. Yep. I will go see her. So, back to the House of Forgotten Time. Yep. And to the Fable. Anyway, hoping that I don't um, get violently teleported out the door as soon as I start talking to her about This is somewhere, but this is getting into the chunk of book where it's in slightly different places in my misprinted schedule. I can't remember if I've asked her about the glass before. I feel like I have already, but I can't remember what she said, so I don't think it was anything very conclusive. Uh, I can remember what it was that she said, at least vaguely, not word for word. That would be great for background. Uh, she just gave you uh, vague, ambiguous, useless answers. Right, yeah, cool. Um, and in fact, this is a, this is probably exactly what would occur to Caitlin as he says. As Caitlin sort of sits down and thinks to himself, have I asked Titania about this? He's like, yes, I have. What did she tell me? She told me she didn't know anything. No, she didn't tell me that she didn't know anything about it. Yeah. Now that I think about it, she just, I, I, and I as a GM can't remember exactly what she did, but she more or less just fobbed you off. Yeah. Um, at which point there may be no point in going to see her again, because it's presumably the same answer. But as Caitlin sits down and thinks about it, she didn't expressly tell you that she doesn't know anything about it. Yeah. She just made um, effectively mysterious fade noises. Yeah, yeah. The, mm, ha, isn't that interesting? Yeah, because that's what she said when I said, um, where are, uh, are there any fae around who are servants of Gorona that you know where they are? Yeah. And she didn't say, yes, you're a best one, she's down in the keep. Yeah. But she didn't say, I don't know any. She said, hmm, 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 silence. And can you give me a sense motive check? That would be a 23. Okay, so you're sitting there thinking about the past interaction, and you don't get the sense that it's not something that she couldn't tell you because it's forbidden to her or yeah. beyond her sight or what have you. And you don't get the impression that it's something that she um, doesn't know. Indeed, you get the impression that it's something that she deliberately fobbed you off with a very ambiguous answer. 
and when she basically just danced around you and said neither yes nor no about yeah. the class because she didn't want to answer. So yes, she does know something which she is deliberately concealing from you. All right. For whatever given reason. At this point, then I am going to d- choose not to go and see her. Yeah. Because she doesn't want to tell me, and um, she's earned a certain amount of my credit, and, you know, at the point that it's something she knows about um, and hasn't told me that it's a concern of mine, I'm probably less concerned about it, because if she thought that it was a threat to the kingdom that I could do something about, I feel like she'd tell me. Yeah. I mean, it may be an area where her interests and mine don't march and sink, but, you know... Frankly, if she was sinking Candlemere, I wouldn't have such a concern with it. I don't think that is what's happening, but... Okay, so I'm going to think that over and decide not to poke her on this any further. And can you give me a wisdom check to go with your pondering? Okay. But even as I think that, uh, I get a 34. So as you think this, you think, when I've run across, um, you know, strange omens and mysterious forces and that kind of thing before. I've, I've often received guidance of the kind of strange visions from Oberon, or yeah. indeed at a later point they were replaced with visions from Titania, where she told you what Oberon would have shown you. Yeah. She took on his obligations. Yeah. Uh, that has not happened here regarding the glass. And, and it's the kind of thing where Caitlin just has this feeling like it... it we're hitting that point where it feels like it sure should have happened? Yeah. Yeah, not, not, not to be too matter about this, but it's like you've hit the point where you'd be about yeah, to yeah. for the, a bunch of mysterious visions that simply haven't manifested. Well, in light of the fact that something Oberoni appeared to have been crushed by a fallen beam, that is a little bit pretentious. It's not that the GM hasn't given them to you yet, it's that the GM has nothing to give you. That's creepy. Helen experiences creep. That's that's what you um. That's what I get. That's what you get. All right, I'm still okay. So what I'm going to do at this point, yep, is I'm going to ask Tristram to do a legend lore on the glass. Sure. Because right now I've really got nothing. There so. are there are two very slightly different versions of this you could do. You could do the place where it's growing, or you could do the glass itself, which will give you slightly different answers. I want the glass. I figured that's the case, but I'm just um. I've got the one vision where Oberon tries to kill me which hasn't come true yet, and no new visions. Yep. That's weird. Yep. I'm feeling the weird. It's like that bit in Prince of Persia where you stop being able to rewind time. It's just like, but, but that's what I can do. Tristan will ride out on his magical super horse. Yep. And then ride back in, and looking slightly confused, he says, well... I touched the glass, and I felt the magic in it, and I listened to the songs of the world. And to make doubly sure of it, I've gone to two of the spots. Same answers in both. I'm not entirely sure what to make of this, but this is what I have. It will not break, nor will it score. Flourishes without the threat of war. King's will alone arrests its charm. Yet truly, does it offer harm? (laughs) And Tristan sort of I I can make some I can draw some obvious conclusions from that. Uh, for one thing, I'm sure getting rid of it won't be as simple as just smashing it with hammers. I'm 
if there was a stage where it could be broken, I think we are probably well past it, at least by standard weapons and arms. Uh, flourishes without threat of war, there's a connection between the speed at which it's growing. And the state of peace within the kingdom. I would assume so, based on that divination. King's will alone arrests its charm. Uh, you are familiar... At, you have doubtlessly listened to me speak on Gregorian's writings. Blah, 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 blah. Caleb assumes the slightly glazed eye look. Yeah. Uh, you understand the connection in fey literature and lore between the king and the land? The king is the land? Aye. Right. Um, has spoken of that to me when she wants to do something to help the land. Correct. In, in cases such as... Um, in cases such as Mordecai's tomb, when she appeared, she could not uh, simply act upon it. She desired your will, and you told her that she could uh, do what she needed to do to secure the peace or something in that neighbourhood. Um, you have a certain level of control over innate magics of the land. I don't think it's anything as conscious as you could go out and simply think the glass away. But you could perhaps slow its growth or indeed possibly increase it. Fascinating exercise. There's something about it that makes me think of the first world. Certainly he chews his fingernail for a little and looks slightly um, abstract, which is reasonably uncommon for Tristan. He's often a guy that's full of facts, isn't it? It feels like the energies of the first world. It feels like something somewhat natural to the land, the way that Candelier, for example, is its antithesis. I assumed it was a threat to us, but maybe it ain't. I mean, it hasn't done us... It's true enough that it hasn't done us any harm thus far. Yet truly does it offer harm. Certainly my divinations do not say that it does not, but nor do they suggest it does. But it's a possibility I hadn't considered that maybe it doesn't. I mean, we've, we've learned and to spare. There's no particular... We're already sharing um, land with several of our neighbours. I mean, if um, Order of the First World had come to me and said that they wanted to make a part of the kingdom theirs. I mean, I'd have talked to it, but I might not have said no. It's the not being asked is the thing that... Um, but it's true that I've assumed it's an enemy and it might not be. I think that there's something coming. Something... The the thing at the... Um, the thing at the Temple of the Elk strikes me as a bad sign. I can certainly see that. And I've not had any dreams from Oberon... And I'm starting to feel like maybe I should have. So I think there's something coming, but maybe the glass isn't the problem. Maybe it is something that is ambivalent. It could be used for good or for ill. Well, there's certainly plenty of things like that. Well, thank you. And Caitlin will gently clap Christian on the back as in his traditional knock-knocking, deliberately knock-knocking whatever kind of way. That's, um, that gives me ought to go on in any case. I mean, I think... 
at that point we might as well adopt your approach to it and um, wait and see what it um, does before we um, try and combat it, per se. But I think if we see any signs that it's trying to go out of those areas, I'll go down and see if I can convince it to stay within those bounds. But as long as it sticks to those areas, I've no particular objection. Okay, I've got another one for you. Okay. Christmas. I thought while I was there, I would try the land itself as well, the area around Fort Dreyland, to see if I could determine whether the the issue is the glass itself or where it is growing, or perhaps why it might be growing in that place. Uh, so this is when he casts it on the place instead of the glass. But again, he gets the same result when he put when he moves to a different area and casts it on the area of land itself. So, um, one of our say one of our missing pieces hexes, he gets the same result. Correct. So, what this tells him is there's nothing inherent about that piece of Fort Rayleigh land that makes that specific chunk super important, or more super important than this other seemingly what random you, chunk. What? If, what? What? If, while we don't see the pattern of why it's these hexes, there is a pattern there because they're all getting the same result. You remember how when we first came, you couldn't see the glass at all in many of those places? That it was just scooped land, sort of rows dug by, dug in precise lines? I think I at least have some understanding of how that might have happened. It's been here for a while, but by no means forever. Uh, This is what I divined when I spoke to the land itself to see what the soil would say. Dug by a machine, the furrowed rose, for a generation, it slowly grows. Through soil, sky, water and wattle, a flawless shape, the clouded bottle. And Caelan will stare in fascination and some bewilderment. From that, we can probably safely determine how the lines were originally cut by machine furrowed rows. Aye, we'd figured that it was something like an unseen serpent, servant or some kind of, that it wasn't dug by men necessarily, so... A construct would be my wager. It sounds... It makes, it makes you think of Erevesi. And for a generation it slowly grows, thus I, I read it to be no older than Erevesi's reign. But why would he want to dig some giant scoops of land out? That is an excellent question. Alright, well, for what it's worth, I'll posit this. There's at least two forces in the game. Iravetti was trying to avert or avoid something that he saw that he thought was dire. Titania wants something and is concerned about something and desires something, and she and Uravetti seem to be pretty fundamentally opposed. Then you add a third force to it of the Outer Dark that wants to eat us all, and the, of course the Fae are opposed to them, and I would imagine Uravetti and Titania would be unified on that, whatever else they disagree on. And then you have what Oberon was trying to warn me about in the first place, where he said nothing. It's a mess and no mistake. I mean, if, if the Cogwork King wanted this to happen, then why would the glass flourish without a threat of war? Well, no, see, I think, I'm guessing here, but I think the glass is one side and the furrows are another side. 
if the furrows are in a vetti, what he was doing, he was doing them to combat whatever threat he sees that he wants me to think with my head and not my heart. But the glasses seems to be targeting enemies of the Fae. You feel it is Fae, and it's growing over the outer dark places, and the other places it's growing, in, it's trying to counteract maybe whatever Rivetti was doing. Yeah, so... It, it almost seems like that's those two sides it's opposing each other. It's It grows in times of peace and it's of the Fae, so it's opposed to Rivetti. So it's in, it's in all the scooped bits of land that you've found, those four or five hexes yeah. in various places, and has just very recently grown in Candlemere and Mordecai's tomb. Yeah. But, so there we are, I think, and I could be wrong about all of it, that Irovetti made some kind of preparation involving that land, and that the glass is an attempt by someone opposed to Irovetti, and Caelan doesn't say it, but meaningfully taps as the little amulet, possibly. Which doesn't necessarily make it a hostile action. Nay, I mean, just because Irovetti doesn't think something was a good... I mean... I take him pretty serious. If he saw something as a real threat, it may well have been. But then him, his idea of keeping Bryn safe was to lock her in a tower. I mean, I think we've all had that desire with it. When you have kids, there's a part of you that wants to lock them in a tower so that they'll be safe forever. But you don't actually do it because you know that that's not what you're supposed to do with children. But Irovetti had sort of lost that bit. He knew that he needed to keep her safe. She'd be safe in a tower, so he didn't see any reason why he couldn't just put her in one. It may be that there's... Just because there's something that he saw as a threat doesn't mean that hostility is the only approach we can use just because that was the only one he could think of. How very true. On the other hand, it may be that there's a real threat out there and the glass isn't it that Irovetti and possibly the Fae are both trying to combat a third very nasty opponent, but they can't but they're doing it in counterproductive ways because they can't agree on anything. Okay. Which also makes a certain amount of sense. I mean that fits. But anyway, I think that's as best you've given us some good intelligence and that's as good as we're gonna get for the time being. Well, it's given me a new way of considering glass, which I think is worthy of consideration, and it tells us what we didn't know before, that there's a common factor in all these places and that's why the glass is there, even if we can't necessarily see the connection ourselves. And we, for whatever it's worth, we now know what it's growing into. A bottle. Presumably an extremely large bottle. Aye. That's a difficult one to picture. On the other hand, um, even with it growing faster, I don't imagine we'll see it in the near future. And a clouded bottle because it is not um, entirely translucent. Yeah. And you imagine as it gets thicker it'll become increasingly hard to see through. Alright. Well, I think that's as good as we're going to do for the moment, and I thank you. As you may have um, a lot of different means of gathering your information, but it's always worth hearing. It's always fascinating to hear what the soil tells you. Normal people probably don't talk like that. It's If there's one thing that um, running this particular kingdom has shown me, it's that there's a lot of different ways to be a person. And we don't need to restrict ourselves to just one. 
He nods at this. Cool. Alright. And that's the and that kind of probably concludes that. Yep. That is seeing Campbell there. Yep. Alright. At which point, um I would like to do a thing yep. that I talked to you about previously. Yep. So I want to um purchase a particularly fine bottle of album wine with my kingly capacities. Oh uh, yes. And go talk to Michaela one evening. Sure. And being that it's Michaela, I'll go see her at her house, well, rather at her rooms in the castle, because yep. that's... Um, effectively, I'm going to bring, like, dinner and wine style, uh, rather yep. get a dinner and have wine and stuff. Yep, yep. I imagine that this is... Um, Unusual enough that she probably thinks something is up, but not alarmingly so. Yeah, I think. Um, you know, this usually means Karen wants to talk to me about something. Yeah, I think. But I, not red alert shields up. I um probably occasionally have dinner with Michaela. Yeah. But it's this is kind of clearly about personal business, whereas what we more commonly do is sit down and have dinner and talking to politics because that's very much her. To a wheelhouse, yep. so why waste the eating time? <laughs> Alright, so she ushers you into her room with a smile. Caleb, come in, please. Come in and, you know, we sit down at the tables, because I imagine that she actually has rooms. Very, very much. Yeah. She has effectively. Um, the equivalent of sort of a heavy penthouse apartment. She's yeah. got sort of four or five rooms to herself. Yes, yeah. the bathroom, the guest room, the bedroom. Yeah, and uh, given that we haven't covered this on screen, but given that it's Michaela, we gave her some private time with the castle architect, and she told him privately what she wanted him to put in the bed yeah. in the rooms, and nobody else knows what all the secret secret thingies. Yeah, because Michaela very much likes the finer things in life. Yeah, you know, she's not deeply obsessed with silks, but you know. Given her brothers, what she has is reasonably fancy rooms. Yeah, and, um, you know, Kaelin likes different things, but she and he are very much together on the, this is one of the reasons you work hard and arrive in life, so you can have this good stuff that you maybe didn't necessarily grow up with. Yeah. So, and we, you know, sit down and kind of have a nice dinner, start having a nice dinner, and Kaelin will produce his very fancy bottle of, um, so he's put in some effort to get, Something that you know he's had the he's sat down with the wine merchant and says, "What have you got that's yep? What have you got that's really old, yep. <laughs> really fancy?" Ah, three hundred year old Elven claret. If I'm not mistaken, that's what he told me. Drink it a little slower. Swirl it round in your mouth. Yeah, and Caleb will endeavour to drink yep. it in small sips. <laughs> it's the person with actual ranks and profession vintner watching yeah. the uncultured swine sculling yeah. like yeah. wincing slightly. Yeah, so Caleb drinks it slowly. Yep. He doesn't really... He enjoys it. He doesn't really appreciate the palate, but he fakes it well enough that it, um, it reduces her wince levels. Not that your company isn't always pleasant, but usually when you come with fine elven wine, you want to talk about something. I am predictable that way. 
It's been a good seven months now since the whole business with Quintessa. As soon as you say that name, her hackles kind of go up for a moment and then she sits back on the chair, immediately putting two and two together and working out where this is going, and then just gives you a long stare for a minute. Yes. I'm sorry I brought you into that. I don't... I needed finding out, but I didn't... I don't feel like I handled that well in... I don't... I didn't include Tristram enough in what I was doing, and I didn't do a service to you by bringing you in to be the one to find it out. You were the right woman for the job in terms of being the person that could get me the info I needed, but it wasn't a helpful thing... To ask you to do. When Tessa Murray was at her absolute best, a spy for a rival kingdom inserted directly into her midst, into our midst. At worst, she was an assassin simply waiting on orders for a target. Aye. She was a fine threat to remove. Aye. But I wish I'd used someone else to remove her. But anyway, that's not really the point. Are you in love with Tristra? And she goes quiet, sort of picks her wine up, <laughs> puts a big sip in her mouth and swirls it round slowly and savors it and then puts it back down and basically just sort of stalls <laughs> and fiddles the face. And then Kaelin will just very patiently sit there, eat some more dinner, drink some more wine and let the silence extend. As a hypothetical question. Ah, oh, let's go with that. Then, has another marriage proposal come up for him? Nay. But I thought before the whole Quintessa bliss blew up that you and he had feelings for each other. And I thought, and I could see that she had her eye on him. But I thought, I've meddled in these things several times before, but I'm not the smoothest man in the romance department, and you of all people know it's ironic for me to be giving anyone else romantic advice. Hmm, she says with a slight smirk on her face. And I thought, there was time? Then Quintessa stole a march on me. And then she turned out to be an enemy. Ultimately, people have to make their own choices. And if he was just picking someone that maybe I didn't think was the ideal choice, that'd be one thing. But I'm not okay with what she was doing. And 
I may have regrets about how I handled it, but I don't have any regrets about uncovering what she was doing. Leaving all the messy political clashes entirely aside, if she loved him, she didn't love him enough, or she wouldn't have used him while she was on assignment as cover. And it's a particularly horrible thing to do to someone like Tristram. I mean, I'd be easy enough to fall. But the thing of it is, there's not naught that's come up yet. But sooner or later, someone will ask him for another political marriage. It's only um, Cassandra um, turning out to um, be in love with Lillian that um, Tyrion Domestic hadn't already made that made that offer. And in fact. Tyrion the Even despite that. And indeed, Tyrion the Mesty did propose that I could just marry her off to whoever, to Tristram as an alternate solution to letting her have her, her girl. Some woman sooner or later will force him, or someone will try to make him a political marriage. He's one way or another someone's going to, either someone's going to genuinely fall in love with him or someone's going to try and use him again. I don't want to keep prizing him away from people who want to use him. But I don't want to push anybody into making political marriages, you know that. But he's not going to spontaneously if someone hypothetically had feelings for him, he doesn't see that kind of thing. He doesn't expect people to care about him that way. And it hasn't improved matters that his first real girlfriend was a Dabalaki assassin who was using him because he was close to the throne. That's not improved his feeling that woman must genuinely be into him. So if hypothetically someone was in love with him, now that he's had a bit of time to recover from the mess some hypothetical dimwitted half-orc might have caused him, it might be time for that person to consider speaking out. She puts the wine glass back (laughs) down on the table where it seems to go slightly askew and you realise it's actually been dented at the sides where she's yep. just, like, crushed it with yep. her 18 strength yep. of her hand. Um, or rather now her 24 strength <laughs> with her belt, her sort of giant belts and things. <laughs> Has she really got 24 strength? Yeah, she wanted that belt of dwarven kind, so she went to the plus 6 um, strength. Things. Blimey, she's um, definitely outclassing. Um, actually, oh yeah, not by that much. He's got twenty-two. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we're both pretty strong. She is now slightly out stronger than you. Yeah, like you're both half orcs or something. Yeah. Um, so she puts it down. The wine slops very slightly, and she glares at it for the briefest moment. She says, "Your brother has a great many attractive qualities. He is." Exceptionally intelligent. He's a gifted archer. He has, he has, despite his background and his difficulties and his true nature as a changeling, he still has some connection of sort to the Thorn Blood. He has nobility of Stagthorn. He is the heir to 
he is the heir to the throne should anything happen to your children. There is, moreover, he is kind. He sees the best in everybody, even the people that don't deserve it. Tristan can be naive, but there is no denying that he has any number of attractive qualities. I have no doubt that that little Dovoltmore found him appealing. It's orcish for slut. Yeah, that's sweet. Caitlin winces at the word slightly, as though he's heard it in a number of connotations before. Yeah, but um, like you've you've <laughs> got to be doing, you've got to be going pretty hard to be a slut among the orcs. Yes, yeah. <laughs> nonetheless, it's a word that Caitlin's heard before. Yeah, and Michaela's <laughs> not generally a filthy person. Yeah. So, um, she rapidly wormed her way into his bed when he should have been alert that kind of such crude and basic manipulation and even you would have seen that coming uh, I've managed to avoid um, jumping in any of the various women that have flung myself at me since I became a um, since I became a king it certainly increases the number of women that are prepared. You and she knew some of the same political games, but I don't think you would have handled things that crudely if you were infiltrating another kingdom. But I think the most important difference is that you've... You're here... Your loyalty is to us, and you're here with us. You're not going around manipulating another kingdom where people are trying to be loyal to you and betraying them. Lord Eldest Thorn never required that sort of service of me. To bid somebody for the sake of alliance information getting into their hearts if he had asked it of me well in another lifetime that wasn't he did and I did Quintessa Murray and I have a lot more in common there but for the grace of the gods in my present lifestyle go I I you know I think well enough there are darker roads I could have turned down I would have been a very different sort of person than you had we turned down darker roads we would have gone to very different places but we all of us Possibly not Tristram, but we all of us could have been someone we would not necessarily like to meet. Wouldn't you think that your brother was better off away from people like that? 
If I had to choose, if it was my choice to make, I would see Tristram with someone who could see coming what he can't, who could anticipate the kind of things that he needs to watch out for and doesn't know how, and who could benefit from his lighter perspective in the same way I have. Tristram and I have worked well together precisely because I think about things like military preparedness and defences, but a kingdom without him would be considerably lacking in the cultural areas. It's not that I don't think that sort of thing has value, but I wouldn't know how to go about it, and it would be so far down my list that I might never get to it. But a kingdom with Tristram ruling it would have a few crucial weaknesses in the area of perhaps having a standing military. The two of us together work pretty well together, and there's no reason two other people, him and another person, couldn't work well in that way. Like but I say, there's no one else quite like him. But ultimately, it's not my decision who he marries. I could have asked him to marry Rasseline, but I wouldn't ask him to do something that I didn't ask of myself. I didn't marry the woman that would have brought me the greatest political advantage. Bryn brings a great many things to the table, but I married her because of, because she loved me. You will find no argument from me that Rome is not the ideal queen. I'm well contented by the fact that um, when if somebody breaks into her bedroom in the middle of the night, she immediately wakes up. She waves a hand graciously, <laughs> sort of conceding the point. But an amazing woman as Rasseline is, I couldn't ask him or Van to do what I wouldn't do myself. I would see him with someone he loves and someone who loves him. Any marriage for Tristan makes would be political in its nature. It is simply the nature of someone in his higher ranking position as the Magister of Stagthorn. Any children he had would be to some degree in opposition to yours. It would be best if they didn't, if they weren't in a position where they had other allies and allegiances on the council. And I'm not sure if Tristan would want to have children, given the changeling nature of them, or what they would become. But with the wrong partner, she says, and reaches up and takes her veil off. And as she does so, dispels the disguise upon her, and you can see the fangs and the jutting jaw and the green skin. With the wrong partner, his children would be monsters. 
Caelan will sit very squarely and look at her and rub his own jowl and his own we are not monsters and he says it in orc and then he switches back to Taldane you know well enough that when I look in the mirror I wish I was human the first real humanity I knew was when Githeraders rescued me and it was so different from everything I'd grown up with till then I decided then and there that that was what I wanted to be and by and large I've spent my life doing that that's why I didn't take it very well when old Garnack told me I should go back to the tribes I know a lot better than he does what that's like and I want no part of it but the truth is that I've benefited all my life from the things I can do things I can see from that core of innate stubbornness that just won't give up or let go I may want to be human but what I am is part orc and so are Brandon and Micah I could have not had them because of the risk any children you had with anyone would be important to me even if they wound up looking like us and if it chanced I'd be glad to have them as thorns can't tell me that you weren't worried about what Brandon and Micah might turn out to be. No. And I can't tell you that I'm not glad that that favoured the human side. But if Bruno and I have more kids and one of them does favour me and one of them does favour me more, I think now... I have more to give them than I might as a younger man. I think they might be able to grow up in a place where it really doesn't matter so much. I think if I'd grown up in a place where there were Fae walking around the streets and a golem protecting the queen and centaurs and kobolds all over the place... I think it wouldn't have been the same way it was every time we went into a new town and people looked at me like they were expecting me to... um, Eat their children. Eat their children, aye. There's no denying that Stagthorn is uh, a very unique and strange place. But despite all of that... With a heel, I don't know... There aren't a lot of changelings wandering about the place. But as far as I can determine, 
He's very close to being human. That was what he was meant to be. His kids might have a bit of fey blood in them, but every centaur born, every centaur or known born has a bit of fey blood in them. Together it will make for a slightly weird combination, but I don't see either part as a problem. I know I hurt you when I was younger and dumber and confided some things in you about my concerns about my having children. And I won't pretend that I'm never necessarily going to be 100% comfortable with this. It goes pretty deep. Yes, it does. And I know that you went from town to town hiding and running because they were after you. And that some part of you maybe has never really put down the shield and stopped running. But you told people that you were Lady Mohaila Morag and you hid who you really are because you thought they'd misjudge you. And I think you were probably right. I'm not sure you could have built your original power base without that. But the power base you have now is no longer based on the kindness of Lord Elvisthorn. That is true, and I'm grateful for it. You have the capacity, if you want to, to be who you really are. And if you did, I think people would be a little startled. But ultimately, in a land with a half-orc king, what's one half-orc counsellor? But whether or not you ever want to come clean about who you really are to everyone, you could tell him. Tristan knows, and she puts the veil back on and shifts again to that sort of fair-skinned, possibly elven ears tucked mm. behind long hair. Tristan knows Lady Michaela Morag. Lady Michaela Morag is a beautiful, sophisticated, intelligent woman. That is who he wants to associate with. And who could blame him? She's been designed to be ambiguously appealing. Tristram is not a man who cares very greatly about the surface of things. No. But Tristan is a man who has been lied to enough. He knows you haven't told him a lie. You just haven't told him the truth. Huh. It's different. More sophistry than I would expect from you, Gavin. She told him that she loved him. She told him that she was loyal to Stagthorn. I wouldn't be at all surprised if she told him she'd be his forever. I'm quite certain of it. None of that was true. 
And she knew that. She knew her first loyalty wasn't to Stags. She knew she'd have to leave if she was outed. And she knew that one day she might get the assignment to kill me and that he wouldn't be okay with that. She lied. But you've always concealed your identity. Tristram knows he doesn't know who you are. I knew that I didn't know who you were. I wasn't expecting this answer. You did a really good job fooling me, and I'm not the brightest. But it wasn't like I thought I knew who you were, and then I found out I didn't. I thought I didn't know everything about you, and then you told me. It meant something to me. It meant a lot. The air of mystery, the unknown goddess, the mysterious plate-clad warrior. I think it's more appealing as a mystery than as a reality. I understand that you don't feel like you have a lot to offer him. But speaking as a man, you're just wrong. You may not be quite as conventionally beautiful as Lady Michaela Bragg, but you are beautiful. And every other part of who she is is who you are. Everything you can bring to the table all your wisdom and grace and beauty, love of beauty, all the loyalty that's so much a part of you. You have a lot to offer. And most of all, you can offer him real loyalty. And that's what he needs. It doesn't have to be you, but he needs someone who can be really loyal to him. And you could be that someone. I know you don't feel worthy of him, but he doesn't feel worthy of you. That's because he's afraid of who he is. What he's turned out to be, that his life is a lie. He doesn't see what he's worth underneath all that lie. The last thing he needs to confuse him is more lies added to it. You helped him when he had to find out that everything he knew about himself wasn't true. He said it was as if I knew what it was like to not be human. Well, that's the thing, lass. You do. He's afraid because of what he is, no one will ever love him. That it will always be about the political advantage. Because he isn't human, and he isn't really my brother, at least by blood. And everything he is, is just something someone set up to make us believe where we still had Triss. What matters the most is that he's Tristan. And Tristan is enough uh, hypothetical, to a hypothetical woman who was interested in him. Michaela would be enough to a hypothetical man who was interested in him. In her. 
as a purely neutral observer. At this point, I'm inclined to lean back upon an old mystery and tell you that it is very different when you are a woman. She sits and, and just drinks and then yep. fills the cup and drinks again. Yeah. I will think about what you've said. But at the end of the day, loyalty and friendship is repaid with loyalty and friendship. And we should both do what is best for him. I think this is what is best for him. But ultimately, it's... Only you can say if you're prepared to come out from behind that shield and give it a chance. Or when you're prepared to. I just wanted you to give it a chance. While this time. Okay. She reaches out and takes your hand. I appreciate your time, your thoughts, and your honesty. Alright, that's... Let's crack open a bottle of something a bit less exalted and wind down. Into the cheap ale. Yeah. No, no, we'll have um, we'll have nice elven wine, but just yeah. regular with nice elven yeah, wine because yeah, yeah. she likes that better. Actually, no, we'll have some dwarven brandy because she likes she's a connoisseur of all fine ale. That's fair. Fair enough. There we are. Yep. And I will leave that there. Yep. Okay. Plant the seeds. Yep. Watch the glass grow. <laughs> Alright, and at this point it is the shins too. Sir? I said with the shins too next. Uh-huh. Alright, so I'm going to cross off four days for um, investigating um, investigating yeah. Candlemere. Glass Mercury, yeah. And Kayla, Tristram. And at that point, I'm probably just going to leave Lama Shan because there's only a week left in it. Sure. Uh, scoring glass is scratching glass, incidentally. Yeah. I don't know the, the word. Yeah. Scratching or cutting glass. Yeah. Because I looked this up because it rhymed with war. Yeah. You're cute. Mm-hmm. Um, so, because um, I spent um, Lama Shan, a big chunk of Lama Shan burying a Ravetti. Yeah. So that, will, that and investigating Candlemere will basically be my exploring for the month. Yep, fair. 
and then um, next month I will um, do a kingdom turn and then go regular exploring. Sure. Probably to White Rose Abbey. Sure. Cool. So we hit the month of Neth. Yep. Okay, so diddling diddly dee, roll my stability. I make my stability check and currently have no unrest, so I pick up a build point. Yes, you do. 37 currently in the treasury. Cool. And then I pay consumption and claim vacant magic item slots. Yep. I have two. Oh, I have four. There we are. Because I built a new temple. Okay. Ready for a big list of things then? Uh, yep. So you have a ring of force shield, which is a plus two magical floating force shield. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, you have a ring of the ram, which lets you bull rush things. Cool. Yep. You have something called the pearl of the serene. Oh, cool. Which I believe lets you breathe and possibly talk underwater. Yep. And other such things, and another rod of the viper. Because somebody wants them. Clearly. Alright, so um, I'm going to flag that nobody wants the rod of the viper. Yep. Because no one wanted the ra- last one. Yep. Um, uh, uh, in, is anybody interested in either of those rings? I would kind of assume ring slots are probably pretty filled, but it's always possible that, um... Uh, Michaela definitely doesn't want the Ring of Force shield. Yes, it won't stack with her. Uh, yeah, yeah. Fabulous quality tower shield. I'm just going to look up what this Pearl of Serene's do, because that actually sounds like something Carol doesn't always walk around with people who can cast water breathing. Uh... I have one here. Um, it gives you a swim speed of 60 foot and allows you to cast spells and act underwater without hindrance as well as breathing underwater. Right. So it kind of looks like um, it's not actually a um, uh, magic item slot so much as just a spare... Um, thing that you take yeah, out. That you take out. Correct. Is a slotless item. Cool. Let's... Alright, I am interested in that. Um, what are people's thoughts on the rings? Vaguely tempting, but no takers. Okay, that's fine. So I'll flag them both as uninteresting items. Kellen's not going to buy the pearl right off the bat, but he's definitely thinking about it, so he's going to leave that there. Cool things. Alright. Having the swim speed is a cool thing. So I will cross off the staff of healing. Yep. Then claim the man in Texas. Build blue world. Right, that takes us straight. Well, um, unless you want to change leadership or use Hunt's leader. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't. don't see, I've got no unrest, and no, we're um, we're all good with our team of counsellors, so it's um, 
Oh, the complicated kidney turn time. Yep. Okay, so Caitlin has um, picked out some very peace or hopefully peace-oriented um, investments for Festival Month. Yep. Um, he has claimed E5 in Vanholes, which is a jungle hex. Yep. Next to the existing Fey Reserve jungle hex, which is yep. the only thing I've done with that jungle is claimed one hex and built a Fey Reserve. So I have now claimed another one and built a Fey Reserve. Yep. So, my, as far as I can tell from my notes, I don't pay build points for the Fae Reserve, because I don't do anything with the Hex, Correct. I just kind of claim it and leave it to its own devices. Yeah, because you weren't uh, doing the one where you turned it into a sort of a tourist attraction. Well, I haven't ruled it out, but I haven't done it yet. Thus far, I've only taken two of the Hexes. Yeah. This is the second Hex that I'm taking, and I've turned both of those into Fae Reserves. Yeah. I've got the tourist attraction and the special sawmill written down, and I am actually planning to try them both, but yep. I just haven't gotten there yet. So I claim another hex and put it aside as a fair reserve, so that there are two hexes of the special jungle that are largely being left to their own devices, which seemed like an appropriate choice. Um, I claim um, F8 and the hook tongue slough and build a road and a hunting preserve in it as my road makes its way out of the swamp and creeps ever closer towards um, the green belt. Yep. Um, I have built a granary in Fort Drelev, which I thought was a nice um, peacetime building. Yep. And um, particularly as it's one of the things that Drelev never somehow got around to. Well, how does that make him wealthier? Um, and I, for my big... Big dramatic building. I have built a foreign quarter in Lakeview. Oh, there we are. The only foreign quarter, of course, that I can build, given it's one per kingdom. Yep. So I picked Lakeview as the place that I wanted to put that because it's um my sort of very trading city. Wow, that's totally hilarious in your face. Well, you know, Kaelin doesn't know what he's going to do. He thinks of it as a peace-oriented building because you know trade and commerce and new people and stuff. Okay. So, what does a foreign quarter give me? What does a foreign quarter give you, indeed? Okay, so this is... You're effectively setting up the fantasy equivalent of, like, Chinatown or Little Italy or something yeah. like that. Um, except in this case, what you're doing is probably a smaller version of several different, um, you know... Like, there's the Little Tien's Eye, you know, Little Chillax, Little Chelyax, etc., etc. Yeah. Um... So what this does, for starters, is it creates. And what what you are bringing in here is a bundle of foreign a bundle of foreign people to set up their own little communities and their own little kind of miniature embassies and this sort of thing. Um, what you are inviting into the city is a lot of foreign a lot of foreign sources because you're more or less importing the culture as opposed to specific goods. So what this creates is, for starters, you gain plus one economy. Cool. Well, that sounds good. Secondly, you lose one stability. Oh, sure. As people complain about, um, you know, foreigners bringing their foreign ways into your city. Yep. Um, it creates the concept of ambassadors, which effectively allow you to have trade routes with things that are well outside of your city. Oh, cool. So you can now have trade routes with things the like of, likes of Corvosa and the Chalaxian Empire and that sort of thing. You've, you've to some extent got this anyway, but yeah. formalised mechanical ones. Yep, sure. All these strange exotic foreigners um, periodically bring in 
odd, strange things from their con- from their foreign continents. It comes with one major magical item slot. A major, a ma- major magical Ooh. item slot. Your first major one, I believe. Yeah, it is indeed my first major one. And the last thing you get with your ambassadors are people who are coming from these foreign continents to teach you about their ways and culture and that sort of thing and speak to important people in your kingdom and assist them with learning about Mwangi or Tianzai or the Elven lands in Kyonin or something in that neighbourhood. Uh, it grants everyone who is a PC a free language. Ooh. As literally some foreign guy sits down with you and tutors you in whatever it is that you want to know so you can better understand their culture and their nature and that sort of thing. Ooh, shiny. Well, that's exciting. So that's what a foreign quarter does. Alrighty. Well, I'm stability is what I was running short of, so I deliberately built a stability building. As it turns out, I'm just as well. I'm still running short of it, but I'm no shorter than I was. Yeah. Yeah, people complain about these, these dirty, dirty foreigners coming in and taking their jobs. Yeah. And, you know, is their culture really the sort of thing we want to bring in? Oh, well, the, um... I hear in Tianzai they eat cats, etc., etc. Well, I think this is a very good, um, you know, like, piece. It takes work. Yeah. <laughs> um, can I have a sheet of refill? I've used up my current sheet of refill. Yes, that has, um, all kinds of, um... Alright, so my granary stability is eaten by my foreign quarter, at which point I pick up a loyalty and an economy from the two buildings, and a major magic item slot. Yep. Which I have now noted down. Alright, so I just need a minute to um, do the kingdom stats, and... um, Oh, how many hexes is a foreign quarter? Four lots. Four lots. Cool. It's a big, wide area. Makes sense. That is not particularly well organised or controlled. Yeah. Okay, and that is the, um, the... As the, um, Harvest Festival comes in, uh, as a safe harbour festival is held, um, Caitlin builds a new foreign quarter and trade with people in, um... Many new foreigners move into the city. Yep. He builds a granary and he sets aside a fair reserve. And he coincidentally builds a um, forest road, but that and with a hunting preserve in it. But that one's really more just standard kingdom stuff. Yep. But you know, the the city prospers. New people come in. Certain people complain about the new people coming in, but that's just kind of how it goes. And Kaelin gets a new language. Hmm. Orc. Orc. Already speak orc. Also sylvan and draconic. So, there's no limitations on this. Yeah. Whatever manner of language you desire. I'm just pondering. Um, The centaurs speak sylvan and elven, don't they? They do. Of sort of weird languagey stuff that exists in your party and in your area. Um, 
Tristan spoke giant for the trolls. Um, there's the unspeakable tongue if you want to learn it. No, I know Tristan could teach it to me. It also doesn't seem very... I could have asked Tristan to teach me that at any time. Yeah. Bryn knows Elvin and Gnome, because yeah. what I was a Gnome. This was Calipraxis, it's a worse background theme. Um, there's all the regional ones. Yeah. Um, yeah, lo- lots and lots of different choices. None of which are necessarily um, any better than the others, do you? I believe that Kaelin will pick up Elvin. Fair enough. It's um the old one that the centaur will speak, and he likes to learn the languages of the people that are in his kingdom fundamentally. Yeah. It's something that Bryn speaks, so there's that connection. And I figure it's certainly something that will doubtless get people from various elven... Um, we, we certainly potentially will have some elven ambassadors in the mix. Yep. yep. You're right, sweet. Sorry, just thinking of other things. Yep. So, do you want to think about the NPC, the party member languages at this point? Yeah, I think I'll probably think about that between sessions, because there's four of them to do. Yeah, yeah. And Spitlana and Tristan are already um, linguistic-focused characters. Yeah. So, perhaps if you can... Spitlana and her Yeah, tell me next time. Yep. Yeah, Kaelin is a very... um, pragmatic guy when it comes to the languages. What he wants to speak is the languages of the people that are around him on a daily basis. Yep. And any language of any plane he may be accidentally teleported to, but now he's got the silver and he feels like he's covered there. <laughs> so, are we packing in there? Or we... Uh, no, I don't... Uh, what time is it? It's probably 10. Uh, no, I don't think so. So we're finishing the kingdom turn for a start. Yep. So I'm making my economy check. Yep. And then I figured kingdom events, and we yep, see yep. where the you're going to want your kingdom notes again in a minute. Yeah. So. It, I'm um, merely absentmindedly packing things away that I'm probably going to need to immediately get out. Um, I was just trying to cancel up remove the spare sheets, but wound up being more everything. Right. And I make my economy check. Alright, and the kingdom um, ends on a nice healthy treasury of 84 bill points. Cool, and we roll into kingdom events for the month. Yep. So, the first one is you have another one of those moderately urgent morning things. Yep. Um, in the afternoon at this time, your schedule is interrupted. Um, when you are told that the answer oh uh sorry sorry to interrupt you but um someone's come to see you on kind of an urgent matter it's uh, uh Darius Dark Gleamer he says he's the foreman of the gold mine up by Thorn River alright well uh better better let him in um and a dwarf comes in to see you looking like he's very hastily sort of stuffed himself into his nicest clothes. Yeah. But hasn't paid all that much attention. Hasn't quite cleaned up the little marks of soot and yeah. slightly dirty must hair and that sort of thing. And he claps a hand on his heart. He says, Your Majesty, my name is Darius Darklimmer. I'm the foreman of the Thorn River Gold Mine. 
I regret to inform you there's been an accident, Lord. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, the mines caved in, and there were two ways about it. We got four confirmed dead, four more miners missing. Most likely, they'll be turning up. In the, they'll be turning up in the next several in the next several hours, or not at all. Myself, I think more likely not at all. Well, that's terrible. I stand by. I stand by the safety of my mine and the provisions that were made for my people. Gore with Steel River himself helped me put that thing together, and I've never, never seen a finer mine worker than he. It's just, it's one of those risks in the mining game, Majesty. Things, when you dig too deep into a vein, sometimes you crack the rock. Sometimes things fall in. There's no way to make that kind of a uh, thing. Safe all the time, as I understand it. I'm afraid that's the reason mining pays well, my lord. It's a dangerous job, and it's in the hands of the gods when and if you come out of the mine at the end of the day. Aye. I'm afraid the gods weren't with us today. I'm sure Corwin would tell you that they're always with us, but sometimes your time's just up. My... I'm sure that's exactly what he would say, Majesty. My estimation is the mine is done. We can dig it out, clear the accident, but if you want my professional opinion, odds on it'll happen again, and and rapid-like. There's still more gold in there to be dug out, but it's going to come at a higher price than it was. I'd like to um, see if we can recover the bodies and see if there's anybody else still down there who might still be breathing. I think it's worth clearing it out to that extent. And I'd like to have it cleared out enough that it's as safe as it's getting without people going into it further. Right. Stabilise stabilize what remains. We've blocked it off for the moment, and there's rescue parties working on it when I left them a few hours ago. Good men. They know what they're doing. If there's anyone alive down there, they'll find them, but I, know I don't it's, think so. I know it's not a high chance. If we can recover the bodies, I'd like to. And um, clear up the shaft, shaft to the extent that we can stabilise what we've got. And then I think we'd better leave that be. Fine, Majesty. By your command. Sorry to bring you ill news. No, these things happen. I've every confidence in you. Alright. And so you have lost a gold mine. Yep. So where is... I know I had one up north in the stag thorny. Uh, I've got it on my map. It is in uh, E4 by my count. Yep, I've got the gold mine in there. Yep. So what he is telling you is you can dig that out and continue to gain the benefits from it at a small build point cost, but his estimation is this will happen again. Yep. Um, I have standard mines in... Um, other mountains and hill hexes. Yes. Is it possible to, like, lose the benefit of the gold and mine elsewhere for more regular mining supplies, iron and the like? Or, um, so, I, I don't want to dig it out and try and mine the gold again. Yeah. Does that mean the hex is effectively, um, spent at this point? Basically, yes. That cool. gold mine has ceased to exist as a factor in your kingdom, so you yeah. lose the economy benefit from it, and you don't gain, um, 
the build points back because you built it and it yeah. lasted for several years and then it fell in. Yeah. So what I could do is build it as a um, possibly as a farm hex at a later time. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, that fe- that hex is effectively empty. Yeah. Like you're going to block the mine up and that, but that's just standard day to day operational costs as opposed to more extra special build points. Yeah. Would you have any objection if I converted it to a farm hex now so I don't have to keep track of what I'm doing with it? No, that would be fine. But um, what I also want you to do is make me a stability check to see how upset people are about, about this the, and if this was a... Um, how bad the cave was y- and stuff. You know, the mining foreman says this was an act of the gods, but other people might disagree. And say that it's your sloppy safety policies and you're no one half or greed for gold. Yeah, well, um, I have a stability that I did not rule well and I have a stability that's well under my um, ideal DC for it, but with all those foreigners moving into my kingdom and the like. Yeah. I do not make that check. People begin complaining that it's the foreigners' insatiable lust for gold that has encouraged the king to delve too greedily and too deep. Yeah. People are not blaming you personally for this because you're not really involved in that kind of thing on a yeah. day-to-day basis, but, you know, obviously... Kingdom doesn't have regulation for this sort of thing, a mine tragedy, how long till the next one caves in? Yeah. People are dead, doesn't anyone care? Won't someone think of the children? Yep. So how many points of unrest do I pick up? One. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, and then having failed that adds another problem onto rebuilding the mine. If you rebuild it, you will generate more unrest because people will go, unsafe, the children. Yep. But that's not a major for you. Yep. So we begin, we chip, we can't get any more gold out of them, their hills. And build a farm instead. Yep. Remembering that you'll need to drop the benefit of the mine. Yeah. Giving you economy, I think. It's um gives me one build point a turn. Right, yep. So I'll need to reduce that. next month gain the benefit of an additional farm neither of those affect us this month pay four bill points to build a new farm okay and that's a thing that happens Carolyn declares that these things happen yep some people grumble not massive numbers of people because things are going well in the wider kingdom, but certainly some people grumble. Yeah, but as we know, there's always somebody unhappy about something. Yeah. And in this case, it's about the eight dead men in a mine. Yeah. The other four proved to be dead as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, mine, mine disasters are nasty things. Yeah. And then I need to shuffle my notes from them. Yeah, because my assessment is that, like, as opposed to sort of in our more industrial age, pre-industrial mining, there's no way to make it 100% safe. Very much so. They expressly get danger money because they die. Yeah. But this is a a minor tragedy as opposed to a major tragedy. But, you know, a minor dying, you wouldn't get alerted. You know, yeah. a rock fell on his head, he died, that's kind of business. Even yeah. more than you get alerted to a farmer fell off his horse and broke his neck. Yeah. Um, whereas this is actually a minor tragedy, so you yeah. get alerted that A, the miner's gone, and B, eight people are dead. Ah, yes, and um, I get one less resources point because it was a gold mine, you're quite right. Yeah. So, in addition to losing the one build point a turn because I lost a mine, yeah. I lose one economy a turn because I lost a gold mine. Unless you want to try and rebuild it to no. keep that economy. But I get this month's economy benefit. It's just that that's the last month's gold I get out of it. Alright. And that is event one. Event yep. two is the Safe Harbor Festival. Yay! So, this will be happening in several different um, cities simultaneously, but I yep. imagine the one we'll focus on will be Elksrest. Yep, sounds like a plan. Which will have the biggest... Um, the biggest, fanciest festival. Because it's, um, it's the capital. It's one of those kind of Wellington and Auckland things. Um, Lakeview, Fort, Fort Drayling and Varnhold are all actually pretty big cities at this point. Yep. Each of them has their own things, but what else rest has going on is it's it's not necessarily 100% the biggest, but it's close to the biggest, and it's the capital, and it's the... It's the one with the... There's, there's several of them also have castles, but this one has the castle that the king lives in, and... <laughs> We've got the hodag. Nobody else has a hodag. Nobody else has a hodag. Mm-hmm. Everybody else gets their defense value from boring things like walls posted from the hodag. So, I imagine that this will very much, given, given that it's sort of Caitlin and Christopher Rossi and that kind of thing, putting it together, it's going to be very much the village fair kind of thing. Absolutely. You've got games and drinking and a maypole and dancing and that sort of thing, as opposed to courtly graces. Yes, but um, it's a it's a big... It's a big, awesome village fair. Yes. We, um... Yes, it's a city fair. It's, but it's, city. it's that style of thing. Yeah, but we have a very, um... We have a very community-oriented party as opposed to a big, fancy noble party that's for nobles. There's probably pig wrestling. There is indeed pig wrestling. <laughs> or catching the, catching the greased pig or whatever. Uh, like, what was it? Um, the guy in Van Hall with his bear... Uh, Crazy Ernie? Crazy Ernie. Mayor Ernie. Mayor Crazy Ernie is in... We we have agreed to call him Mayor Ernie on the basis that Crazy Ernie is just what people, his friends, call him. In Varnhold, Mayor Ernie is is challenging people to wrestle his bear for coins. I have wrestled that bear, it is a good time. The king endorses this wrestling bear event. Of course, not everyone may regard wrestling a bear as great entertainment, but Caleb thinks it's good. Um, and so, 
is in this backdrop of lovely village fair. Yeah. That Kaylin is basically walking around chewing on a big tasty meat pie. Yeah, in a very a very happy manner. He is a man strolling around the fair reflecting on the, the fact that his kingdom is awesome. You know, he has a bottle of the um the mead in his in, yeah. in his other hand. He's got a meat pie, he's got a bottle of mead. He's thinking that, that he caught that greased pig at Van at Van's wedding and by God he can catch the greased pig here. Yep. Bryn is there with you. At some point, it is time for the maypole dancing. Yeah. People dance around the maypole. Yeah. Bryn will have a dance with you first and foremost as the queen. Yeah. Swapping on with several other people, um, including a very attractive young village peasant, peasant village girl. Yeah. Who seems to just drift out of the crowd, walks towards you and dances with you, and there are a few sort of slight mutters at who's this girl and yeah. what's she doing dancing with the king, but not particularly yeah. because you've never been above that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and Titania presses in close to you as she dances around you. She says, I can feel it. Okay, with peace bring it in my heart of hearts. Peace has regained, has recounted this land again. It has been so long get to this point. But finally, we are here. The Safe Harbour Festival, indeed. I hope that we will celebrate this together every year. From now until eternity. Thank you for everything you've done for us. And everything you've done for me. We will speak more on what happens next from here. But for now, it's time for your people to see you and dance. Mm-hmm. She dances off, and the festival continues, and as it starts to draw to its conclusion, she wants a word with you, basically. Yep. So, Caelan will um, enjoy the festival and then go see her. And... Is this just sort of in the random town hall, or back in Castle Stagthorn? Uh, no, I think in the random town hall I'll just duck into a quiet side room. You know, I imagine it's pretty quiet in there today, because, yep. like, they'll have, like, the two sad guys whose job it is to do the kingdom paperwork while everyone else gets to party, but, you know, I don't imagine there's a lot of um, general town business being done. And she very much steps out of a side door again. Yeah. Caleb will, in fact, duck into his old town hall office. Yeah, makes good sense. Mm-hmm. Among other things, um, he's had quite a lot of fake visitors to that place. And she comes and steps into a side door as Titania proper again, and all her majesty with the flowing green hair. Yeah. And sits down across the table and smiles at you, and then takes your hand, lifts it up, and kisses it. Caelan Peacebringer, I feel a great deal of joy this day, she says, and as she does in that kind of yeah. slightly flat, like, this is the most joy I'm capable of experiencing. Yeah. My heart is bursting. Yeah. Um, Castruccio Arvetti, the clockwork king, is dead. The war has ended. Your kingdom is stable. There are no more threats to it for the moment. And with peace, I have come. 
to walk this world again. To be here in Stagthorn. To offer Stagthorn peace. Peace at last. Is that not wonderful? Kim looks slightly concerned. I think so. You have seen already some of the works that peace has wrought. It is not the simplest of processes. But I hope that there was not too much loss, she says, and waves her hand at the table and an obvious illusion appears there. And what you see is Candlemere sinking and waves washing over Lakeview. When the land moves like this, there are side effects, but few enough of them. I, I hope no one was harmed. Nay, the um, people were a bit startled, but um, the, there was only a little damage to buildings. It wasn't too difficult to mend. You need not fear things like Candlemere in our new stack, our kingdom of peace. It will be sealed away from you forevermore. Is it not wonderful? It is like the people singing outside, but I can hear it through all of me. Bring your kingdom to this point. It has been a long journey, and I have made several mistakes along the way. But now, we are ready to proceed. She looks very happy about all this, and Kaelin is looking increasingly queasy from the looks of things. Yeah, um, Kaelin's got that pricklin down the back of his spine. What did you have in mind? She looks at you for a moment, confused, and then, ah, of course, my apologies, this is the accumulation of, from your point of view, a very long-term plan. I forget that it is not as obvious to you as it is to me. What I have in mind is to offer Stagthorn peace. Eternal peace. That you can live in a stag form where you do not need to fear the outer dark. You do not need to fear war. Turmoil on your borders. Spies have no place in our new stag form. Death itself will hold no sting here. Those men in the mining accident... If all goes well, they may be the last to ever die in Stagthorn. And, um, Kaelin looks increasingly uneasy as she says this, and as she says that, he's, um, he actually goes quite, quite white and, um, bites his lip. It's, it's not right. 
We're not like you. We're not, we're mortal. We live and we die. That's, that's how the world works. It's not, even if that's something that you could do, it's, it's not the, it's not the way, it's not, it's not right. That is how Galerian works, Kevin Bruce how it works now. It was not always so. It does not always have to be. In the first world, before disaster was brought upon it, through poor decisions, there was peace, immortality, life. You know that the Fae did not age and die. I. But they lived in a garden world. Your world is different to the first world. I would not take you back again. I would simply keep us here in this moment of happiness and peace. That's what he meant. She looks at you slightly sideways, slightly quizzically again. Uh, um. Safety is a good thing, but it's not the only thing. Good times come and bad times come, but they're both part of living in the world. Galarian, what we are, we're not meant for that. I'm not, I want my people to be as safe as I can make them but still free to live in the normal run of things. People die and new people grow. It's, that's the way it is. That's, I've known that you and I didn't want exactly the same things. But I fear now that we are on different paths That's not my road. Mortals cannot be relied upon to make safe choices in such matters. You are at peace now, but if left to your own devices, how long before war comes with the void, assassins striking from Dagomar? What will happen when your children grow to this beautiful land? They'll have to take their chances. That's just part of being alive. No one can be safe always. Not not one of us. I've made the best peace that I can. 
But if someone attacks us, we will have to fight again. No, you will not. I do not desire that for you. I do not desire that for any of Galerian. What is left of me is peace, and that is what I desire. And I cannot bring it to all the world, but I may bring it to our part of the River Kingdoms. But we won't truly be part of Galarian then. Hi? Why would anyone wish to remain in this place? I will show you if you would. And she gestures to a door. Yeah. There, and she goes over, opens it, and of course opens into the fable. Yeah. Um, and you step through into her opulent bedroom, looking all round at Galarian. Um, one of the windows has disappeared entirely, and there is a very, very fancy, elaborate shelf there, and she moves over to it and takes something off it, and it is a big glass bottle, about yay big, that is clouded, and she passes it across to you. Here. This is... An experiment, one that has succeeded. It has only taken the last few hours since the festival began. Breathe on the glass and you will see. And the clouding fades away. And in it you can see it's like looking for an aeroplane and a miniaturized version of the land. You can see just a chunk of miscellaneous grassland, but as you look at it, you're looking past and thinking, I should be able to see Swamp at the back there, but I can't. Oh, this... This is the hex from Trailer's land. Like, the whole thing. Not It's, it's not in a beautiful, mm. precise hex shape, but this is where the glass was growing, and this is what has happened. And... As you look at it, the longer you stare, the more you can see into it. You effectively end up zooming right in. And you can see people wandering around in there. And when you look in, you see about half a dozen of your soldiers, the people you've assigned to that area. Two things seem different about them. For one thing, they have no weapons of any kind, no armor. They are just wearing clothing again. Um, and they all look very happy. They're just kind of wandering around the field, sniffing flowers and looking blissful. You see, a small experiment. I have taken a part of Stagthorn and bottled it to keep it safe, preserved, perfect, and at peace forever. This is the peace that we have made possible together. Given time, given power, I will extend it to all of Stagmore, and you need fear nothing again. You will be Caelan Peacebringer, the Eternal King.
what comes if that's not what I want? Not for me. Not for them. And he points gently to his little scout guys wandering around the fields. I do not understand. Yeah, I feared you might not. Why would you not desire peace? If you are worried I will over-interfere in your realm, it is no more so than I have done. I will be a part of the land, but you will remain in charge if that is important to you. Nay, but... We want to be as we are, a part of the world, not cut off from it. We're prepared to accept risk as a part of life. This, just just the bottle, isn't life, not as I know life. No. I, I am mortal. I always, I always knew that. People live and they die. They go to their gods. That's who we are. If it could perhaps be something that some people choose. If it was a small area like this, people could decide who wanted to come in and people wanted that. But not, not for Stagthorn. Not for the whole kingdom. We're not meant to be eternally safe. We're meant to experience life. And that life comes with risk. Of course it is a choice. It is your choice. You are the king. You speak for the land. You have seen the chaos of war, the blood spreading across this land. You know in your heart of hearts that it will come again if mortals are left too much choice. Would you not rather, and she reaches out and puts a hand very firmly across your forehead, and for a moment you are assaulted with visions that make no sense to you, and after a brief moment, Caelan is there blinking, and you are left with a bunch of memories of glorious days, kind of like this one. You have been dancing with Bryn. You have taken her to bed. You and Tristan have sat under a waterfall, sitting looking up at it. No weapons, no cares in the world. Talking amongst yourselves, you are dancing around with your children, having tickle fights with them, throwing Brandon and Micah into the air, one in each hand. You and Michaela are sitting down over a glass of wine, Svetlana and Van making eyes at each other. Two farmers in your kingdom are hoeing away gently in a field of abundant crops. Everybody seems peaceful, everybody seems unthreatened and after a few moments of juggling this in your head, you know these are not memories of things that have passed. They are memories of things that could be. 
endless days of peace. No threats. But in none of them does Caelan ever feel frustrated or angry or stressed or tired. And in none of them does anyone seem to have changed. None of them have grown. Everyone is, every day that has passed, you have a sensation of hundreds, maybe thousands of days, and everyone is the same age. And you are always the king, and peace always reigns across Stagthor. And she steps back away from you. Do you see it? Caelan's voice is very soft as I. This is what you are intended for, Caelan Peacebringer. You are the right king come along at the right time. Others came before you, but they were not right. I did not succeed in bringing them peace. My ways were not enough to take the child from his crib, raise him from birth, Set him up to be king. One plan in a bag of many. To take a man who would be a great king and make him greater. I have tried many kings, drunken stag lords among them, men who would break their bargains. Men who would then shatter their own hearts rather than live with the consequences of those broken bargains. Oh. I have thought... that's why. I had thought that I would make Castruccio understand by showing him consequences of a world without peace. But he became harder. I. He did not listen to his heart. He removed it. You are not him. You are different. You, I know, will think with your heart and not your head. Do what is best for your people. Who came upon Cassiopeia and Betty in the woods? My red caps. Set to hunt. Castruccio and I had a bargain. I bought him aid. I would bring him peace. And yet he grew ever more weary of it. I... I could not. The glass had not grown far enough. Even the holes he had prepared. I did not have the strength to bring him peace. I had to find another way to show him. So you showed him suffering. That he would claim peace in the end. 
but instead he made himself a man of war. He was a broken man, twisted in his heart to begin with, and then he twisted himself further. That was why he wanted us to be at war. Not every would-be king. He wanted wanted there to be war. Not every would-be king has the strength for peace. So that the river kingdoms would not know peace, so that the stolen lands would not know peace. Some kings have a heart only for war. I had hoped with many choices rather than one. They would settle the stag lord, Hagrolka. They proved unsuitable and unneeded. And what's her name? What was the central queen's name? But I know the one you're talking about, and yes. Yeah. The central queen. She was too interested in fighting. Always possibilities that I would not have to use. That I would have to prepare many kings to find the one. Those who still live are no longer needed. You are Caelan Peacebringer. You are the king of these lands. And you will bring peace to Stagthorn. I will return trust to whence he came. His use has come to an end at this point. He is not the one to be king, it would seem. It's hard, you know. It never gets any easier. Trusting someone that you shouldn't have trusted. Never gets any easier. But he did warn me. Was fair enough. I'm sorry. You've done a lot for me and I've done a lot for you, but it seems that we never really knew each other at all. I always feared that that might come to pass. I'm not the king you've been looking for. I want my children to grow up. To grow old. To suffer and to die? That's part of life. It does not have to be that way. We learn things as we grow, as we change. And yes, as we suffer. It's part of life. Even when you try to prevent suffering, you can wind up causing more of it. As my children will never know their grandmother, because Cassiopeia Rivetti died in the woods. I deeply regret that. 
she says again, a slightly flat tone. Yeah. But it is beyond me to reverse the flows of time, even in this place. You've done a lot for me, one way or another. I owe you a great deal. But this road is one I cannot walk down with you. Will not walk down with you. I'm a mortal man. I was always a mortal man. That is what I am meant to be. Your words sound somewhat like the clockwork kings. The unchanging is to start that. You have seen what ruin it brought him. This is not a difficult choice, Kenny. No. Listen to your heart. You have always chosen peace before. No. Choose it now. No. It's not. No. He chose. You're making the same mistake that he did. He found a way to remove his heart. To make himself immortal. To give up his proper destiny. This is another road that leads to that. And she goes absolutely cold and the closest you have ever seen her to a screaming fury as she just retracts from the table and goes cold and almost spits out her voice. I did not remove my heart. No. No, I'm sorry. I am what I am. I know. But I'm sorry that I offended you. But what you're asking me to do is as much a betrayal as my nature as turning myself into a clockwork man would be. Of my nature as turning myself into a clockwork man would be. Larissa was made to be a creature of peace. But I am so much more than her now. I am no longer merely that which remains. I am Titania. I do not have to watch the world. I can touch it now. Kaelin. Kaelin, peace bring her. She takes your hand. Peace will happen. It cannot be averted at this day. Must your people suffer to make it so? Will you not do as you have said? Let me work my will to bring your land peace. Have I not done it well before? You have helped me in the past. You have helped us in the past, and I thank you for it. By the king's will, I have stretched my tendrils across this land. I have grown the glass. I have prepared the way for peace. And as I am the king of this land, I say, no, no. Kale, let's go and it steps back. No, not that way. And she flinches at the nose. This may not be possible to stop, but not with my will. 
I would have this done by your will. I would bring your people peace and the glory of the greatest king they have ever known, the only king they will ever know, the only life they will ever know, one of peace and perfection. I know that's what you want. But it's not what we want. You know well enough that you can't let us choose to get what you want. You have to make it happen. You want me to help you make it happen. But you know that we won't if we won't have peace left to ourselves. And we would rather make that choice than have someone else enforce peace upon us. We need do nothing but allow it. I know. But I won't. Thrice will I ask thee, Caleb, peace bringer, and done for your land, for your people. Will you choose peace or suffering? For my land, for my people, myself, I choose life and the suffering that comes with it. So be it then. This will have to be done. The hard way. I take back my mark. And you feel a sharp pain burn in your forehead for a moment. And she reaches out and puts a hand out for the ambulance. And I take it off and give it to her. I take my blessing. And I pray that you survive long enough to see wisdom. That the ruin that will come can be contained. If you will not come to a safe world, to the first world, to live there safe and in peace, then the first world and peace will be brought to you. So speaks Titania. And the amulet goes crunk in her hand. I have no desire to harm you. But nonetheless, I fear harm will be done. She looks to the door. And it opens back into the town hall. What comes, comes. Goodbye. Do not try to stop the blooms as they grow. It will only result in a needless loss of life. I hear your warning, lady. I'll do what I feel I must. And Caleb turns and walks out. And in the cutscene, she slumps back in a chair. The door just slams shut behind you. 
and she sits kind of stupefied for a minute, reaches over to the table, picks up a small bell and rings it with a beautiful ring, and stepping out of one of the side doors comes the true knight of thorns, Triss. And she looks at him. The king has chosen his head. I have failed. And the land needs a true king. This is what you were born for. True knight of thorns. My lady Titania, he says, puts a hand on his heart and we cut away from that scene there. Yeah. And Caelan is going to go and find Tristram. Yep. Immediately. Stagger out into yeah. the into the where there's like the happy town festival yeah. still happening. Uh-huh. Yeah. And Tris is Tris, sorry. Tristan is sitting there drinking something that looks very much like carrot juice of some kind. He looks up at you and smiles and as you come. He says, Kaylin, he something's wrong. I Yep, so is he wearing his animals? Yes. Uh, take that off, put it in a drawer for me. He looks confused, does so. <sighs> you know how sometimes you've got two sides and they're getting along? And then they go to war and you have to choose one of them? What's that? I found out some stuff. Who killed Cassiopeia or Betty? Let bring alone in the woods. Who sponsored Castruccio or Rovetti? And then got why Titania and um Rovetti didn't get on. What the glass is for. You've had a very busy afternoon. Aye, you could say that. What's happening? Titania and I have reached a parting of ways. Kevin, I'm your brother. Your friend, at least. You're my brother. I'm here. Tell me what's happened. And I will tell him what she told me. Yep. And he listens to this, but not, it must be said, with any slow dawning look of horror on his face. He merely listens. Yeah, I was afraid of that. That is quite the offer. I, I thought it's something that you might be interested in. Do you believe that Titania doesn't? have the power to enforce it? I believe that because I told her no, it won't happen as quickly. Yes, yes, the, the, the king is the land. Your will dominates here. For you, you speak for your people, you speak for the land. She cannot do as she will, despite the power. But she has a lot of power now. A lot of power I helped her get. And 
it's a time of peace. As it happens, you must understand my question. I didn't ask whether Titania has the power to make her will happen. I asked whether you believe that what she offered was true, that she can bring Stagthorn to peace and prosperity forever. Aye. Absolutely. I saw it. They looked happy. Very happy. I don't know how we're going to get them out. Then what cost? Mortality is part of life. For us, we live, we die, we go to the gods. Suffering brings learning. It's not necessarily the same for you. Yes, your gods. It's not. You said you were happy to make Stagthorn your home. That you'd like to visit the first world that you want to stay here. But I hadn't anticipated the two might be coming into contact conflict this way. That's a hard choice. But the difference for me most important point the one really fundamental thing is that I told her no she's going to do it anyway ultimately she cares more about what she wants not just than she does not just about what I want but that about what anyone here wants she knows full well that mortals won't choose eternal peace not most of them. And she's going to give it to us anyway, whether we want it or not. She is her nature. She's a fae. She cannot be otherwise. She wants what she wants. And she's prepared to do whatever it takes to get it. This is what Oberon meant. That nothing will happen. Nothing will happen ever again. I think there is a long and lengthy debate about whether or not this is the wisest course of action, but assuming it is, brother, how do you intend to stop the god from doing as she will? <sighs> I'm not sure that I can. We, we cannot slay her. And Lord, I don't want to. I don't... I don't want her to... I don't even want necessarily to take back the power that she's got. And he at this point looks horrified and stares up at me. It's not over. No, damn your eyes. 
offer choice to mortal heart. In the form of a sword. Peace of war. Is that why the swords? Don't tell me it's so I can kill Titania. He sort of reaches out to take Blight to look at it some more, and then think, double, thinks about it, double takes and shies his hand away like it's radioactive. No. I, I don't want... I, I don't understand. I, I, I'm really angry, there but I to, don't want to... I don't want to hurt her. There has to be an... A, even assuming I could, which is a big ask, no. There has to be another way. There has to be more to it. Aye. Like I said, we've come to a parting of the ways. Only Eurystils remains. I don't know if that means that what she gave me is gone, but if it is, it's fair enough. It serves its purpose. He... Rummages, he, he looks around, this was like sitting in the town hall room. He puts his hand on the stone and whispers to it. Speak to me of your trials, speak to me of your trials. Ah! <clears throat> the is screaming. I know. I'm sorry. I can't hear the words. Something's... really be so bad? Peace? Isn't that what we've been fighting for this whole time? Choice is what we've been fighting for. It's as a king I make a lot of decisions for people but I don't tell them they have to live here if they'd rather live somewhere else. Don't tell them. I might give them some impertinent advice if I know them well on who to marry. But I don't tell them who they have to marry. And things have been different. And I haven't given you kingship. You might have made a different choice. The colour just drains out of his face. Maybe the choice that you were put here to make. No, I... I can't. I... I'm sorry, brother. I need... And he gets up and walks out. Yep. And, and literally just walks off in yeah. that direction. And 
And I am going to go find Bryn, because go find, I think, Bryn, Michaela, and Svetlana. Yes. Yes? What is happening? I sort of declared war on Titania. And Svetlana looks horrified. And Michaela just like nods, like like she's been waiting for this yeah. to, to break out sooner or later. And, um, and everything. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and I, I um, when I get to the part of about Cassie to play her, I um I love this is this is going to be hard. And then So then whatever else she is a murderer. I don't think she realised that that was about all I took from the conversation, but yes. But it's all kind of of a piece. She's interfered to hurt people and she's interfered to help people. She's done what she has to do to bring her vision of the future to life. To make a place where everything is peaceful and everyone is safe. She was the green-haired woman from the Stag Lord's dreams. I always knew that. I always knew that. I always knew that she was trying to find a king. The provider of Agrokas amulets. She tried to tell me that there were different women when I first talked to her, but I knew she had been behind all of them, that she wanted something from me. But I thought it was something that I could give her. And now, as I sometimes do when I trust people, I wish that I hadn't, but... Caelan, this is not your fault, says Fitline. This, Marissa, this Titania, has been working on this plan for longer than you have been alive, for several lifetimes, by the sounds of it. If not you, someone else. Someone would have to make this choice. Someone already has... That's why he... That's why he had to be at war with us. So to fight we, peace. So that there was always war. And he would not have expected you to... make the decision you have. I'm somewhat surprised myself. Says Michaela. <laughs> You have always chosen with your heart instead of your head when it comes to dealing with Castruccio Roberti. He asked me for things that I wasn't prepared to give him, and so has she. For all that they opposed each other, they opposed each other so very violently, and she didn't like hearing this. But it doesn't mean I'm not going to say it. From my mind, it's very much the same choice that they've made. Life is life. And there is no way that I've run across, and I don't think it's just a matter of not looking, to give up mortality and keep humanity. Be unchanging is to stagnate. And ultimately, anybody who tries to make other people's choices for them has gone very far astray. If you just wanted to make a bottle and whoever wanted could go in it, then I've no problem with that. 
but she wants to do this for us whether we want her to or not. We will fight her like we would fight any enemy. I don't know if we can. Yaristor would not charge our kingdom with more than it could bear. There is a way, and we will find it. I hope so. Whatever is happening here, she clearly does not have the power to arbitrarily enforce her will across the land, or we would already be in a bottle. <laughs> Aye, but it's going to get harder from here. She said that there would be a price. She doesn't want suffering to come. But she said it would come of my decisions not to help her do this. You are the king, says Michaela, and you speak for the land, and you speak for your council, and you speak for us. I will support this choice. I am always with you, husband. And I wonder... Souls go where they're supposed to go. Aristotle's power reaches beyond worlds, into bottles, beyond, into, into the first world, and into any bottle within it. But I do not think that is what is meant to be for us. And a world that does not change is a world where I am still a shopkeeper's wife, still married to Olmec. I cannot say if that is better or worse. It is different, and it is not what we have. We have all suffered very greatly. As Caleb looks at them, um, I think yeah. the camera flashes over um, little girl Bryn lost in the woods. Yeah. Little girl Michaela hiding behind her tower shield, and Switlana crying over Oleg's death. Yeah. But we are who we are because we suffered. And Kaelin will reach back and run his hands over his back where he still bears a great many scars. We are who we are because we grew. I want my children to be safe, but I want them to grow up. And one day I want one of them to be king. I never planned on doing it forever. <laughs> I knew, I think, that you would be with me. But it's going to be harder for Tristram. Few people would have the courage to say no to such an offer. And it is not within his nature to turn down peace. And ultimately, it's this is not, I think, our proper destiny. She wants to give us a gift, but it's not one that's right for us to accept. But I'm not so sure that it's not his proper destiny. Maybe he was meant to live forever in a peaceful world. I wonder, says Michaela, at this peaceful world. For I am of the mind that thinks the practicalities. How would you enforce such a thing 
Is everybody happy that they want to be or not? If I choose to punch my neighbor in the face for no reason other than I wish to, do I have that choice? Is someone else making it for me? Based on what I saw, I would say that you wouldn't be able to want to. We'd be happy, but we wouldn't be free. We wouldn't really be us anymore. I'm just as much a man of war as I am a peace bringer. I can, I, I can fight the urge to solve my problems with violence, but it's still a part of me. I always knew there was that gap between us. But I thought we could... <sighs> agree to disagree? If there are no enemies, then there is no need to fight. If there is no hunger, then there is no need to hunt. But is that better? I think it's a price that's more than we're willing to pay. I asked you to accept Satan's help, and here my eyes flicked to bring Matela. I think you will now find that that power has been withdrawn. Michaela sort of thinks for a moment and then winces when I looked at what was not. Ah, too many lives. Something is wrong. I'm sorry. For better or worse, I feel nothing. I... It wasn't. But for whatever happens, I don't forget what you did to Cassiopeia. It's a price for all things. But she helped us starve off Dravul. And... That is not... She's helped us in a number of ways. She's helped us and she's hurt us. If she's our enemy, then she's our enemy. But we won't... I won't forget what she did for us when she was our friend. She helped us stop Vordekai. She helped us stop Javon. We cannot change the choices that brought us to this point, for better or for worse. We are who we have chosen to be. And we'll do what we have to do. But I hope Tristram's okay. Then... What comes next? We fight a god. Apparently. Is that dum-dum-dum?